93.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a football Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3. On the FM dial is Trent Condon and Ken Miller as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of your morning here uh, with us. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list today, it's a jam-packed affair. A lot of NFL conversation coming up in hour number one. Uh, excited to speak with a, a former Drake Bulldog who played in both the CFL, had a nice long career in the NFL. Uh, Felix Wright, uh, he is now uh, a member of the Cleveland Browns uh, brass, I guess. He's, he's the uniform czar. You've heard of that, the, mm-hmm. the, the guy that uh, makes sure that the uh, uniform policy that's been enacted by the NFL is in place. And make those socks the right height. Absolutely. You got them pulled up to the calf. Yep. So he's working for the NFL. He also does stuff for uh, for the Cleveland Browns. But apparently he's in town uh, for the Drake Relays every year as well. As he oh, okay. remembers his alma mater. Uh, so we'll speak with Felix Wright. How much time... I mean, I gotta ask him about the drive. No, no, no. no. Okay, if we don't do that, how about the fumble? No. (laughs) So we have this great guest on today. Do you want to bring up the two low points of his play career? John Elway, that buck tooth sob driving down the field. No, we're not. That's my guy. You're talking. I know it is, and the reason I don't like the Broncos and John Elway is because of them. Okay, so how about this then? If you won't let me do that, how Uh about I bring up the 1984 Grey Cup where Winnipeg beat them, his Hamilton Tiger Cats, resoundingly. Yeah, you bring that one up. It maybe doesn't have the same kind of sway and remembrance here of our audience. Well, not for our audience for (laughs) sure, but I wonder about for him. Anyways, Felix Wright on Cleveland. What the uh, how the town is reacting? What the win is doing, etc. So I've told you I'm rooting for the Browns. Mm -hmm. Got connections there. Grandpa, my sister now lives in Cleveland, so a lot of connections to Cleveland. Have you been there? I never have. I have. I've been there a couple of different times and really enjoyed it. Did you do a uh, next arena Arena football? Did a couple of different arena games up there and. The arena is right next to the baseball ballpark. Okay. And during spring, summer is when... The home of the Cavs? Yes. Okay. Is where the arena football season at least was back then. Still is. But went to a ball game and right walked 20 feet Hmm. to the arena and called the game. It it was awesome and really, really cool there. I like the town. I just like the area. Got... The rust to it, the rust sure. belts town and town, but yeah. I like those kind of cities and really Yeah, Pittsburgh's it. another one I've never been to, and that's on my that. list as well. I yeah. can't convince my wife. Where are you going to Pittsburgh? <laughs> Pittsburgh. It's probably going to be a little more difficult right. sell. That's one, hey, let's do a Philly and a Pittsburgh. You know, you, you maybe sell it a little bit yeah. more that way as opposed to, we're going to take our vacation this summer only to Pittsburgh. It's one. It's crazy what this pandemic has done, right? I mean, Pittsburgh's on the list of places to visit. You want to go so bad, somewhere so badly. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Pittsburgh. But uh, uh, Felix Wright, remember the name? Remember him yeah. playing? Remember having his football? Vikings. Card? I never remembered. I never knew or forgot that he was a Drake Bulldog. Yeah. And it's funny. We love our connections here, to the state of Iowa, whatever it is. Sometimes we go a little far. Mm. Michael Waka yeah. was born in Iowa City, and moved when he was two. He's an Iowan. Sure. We, we go to those links to make those kind of connections, but I never connected the dots between this yeah. one. A guy that I know, a guy played in my youth and never had the Drake connection. 
Billy Cundiff, any other NFLers of... Yeah, the kid, uh, there was just a kid that was... The uh, tight end, right? Tight end, right, yeah. right, right. Is that the three? No, oh, um, there's got to be a couple more. It's not a very long list. No. Uh, and maybe the most decorated of them is no, Felix no Wright, and we'll speak with him in five minutes. Dave Stenekin is here. He's, well, he's not here. He will be. At the bottom of the hour, uh, theheadcheese.com, we will preview the Packers and the Rams. Uh, at 1045, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, will join us. Papa John sponsors that segment. Mitch will slide on in here about 1045, take a look at Cleveland and the Chiefs. And then at 11 o'clock, we will uh, do uh, the Cyclones with Dave Sproul, the Hawkeyes with Tom Kakert, give you an opportunity to win some Claxons barbecue. Uh, and we will make our picks before we get out of here uh, at noon. Uh, so I would say a lot on the plate here today, a very busy football day. And I don't know about you, uh, pump for them. Now, the, uh, the clones play tomorrow at 1. They've mm-hmm. got a, I would kind of anticipate, a snarly Kansas team coming to town after they got beat. And the Hawkeyes have moved again. <laughs> right. So they were Monday, then they were Sunday night. Now they're Sunday at 11 o'clock on CBS. National CBS. Love Not it. CBS Sports Network. Right. The big one. The mothership. KCCI here locally yeah, eight on your direct tv dial it is it's a big step up i was trying to think when's the last time iowa played on cbs have they here the last few years oh trent i you know what i wouldn't even i couldn't even offer up a guess and it would be just a guess off the top of my head yeah. could it be the 2006 big 10 championship game? oh I, they'd have to have played on there since oh maybe they haven't i don't know if the lick lighter years no Maybe Whitesell will put it in the release. Yeah. In, in the game When the notes. game notes come right. out, because I can't remember the last time off the top of my There's probably, there has to be a I game we're forgetting. You know, because February, a lot of those Sunday games, Big Ten, are mm-hmm. on. I was had good teams. The team that got to number three, what, five, six years ago. Figure at some point they had to be, maybe not. And we'll, it's we'll the, keep digging. It's the lead in to Chiefs Browns, is it yes, not? Yes, it is. How about that? That's pretty good. Uh, so uh, that that's the weekend. It's a pretty jam-packed weekend and a fun weekend. This is the final Saturday of football until September uh, of next year. Um, what else? You, do you have a high school basketball game tonight, or has it been... You know, the one that I had was crossed off. So it's supposed to be out at Southeast Polk tonight for Waukee Southeast Polk. Yeah. That one's taken off. I anticipated Southeast Polk of any of the districts, big districts around here, they're always one of the first to cancel. Kind of rural, right. You're right. They yeah. have the country kids. Yeah. Where I grew up, pretty much everybody's a country kid. Yeah. Southeast Polk's a little bit different than the city schools, than Valley, than Urbandale or Johnston. So uh, I figured that's as much. So I'm going to peek around this afternoon and see if anything. Are you going to try and pick one up? I'm almost positive, though, everything is crossed off. I don't know. Des Moines schools, West Des Moines, I, all the schools are closed, and because of that, you can't have a sporting event. I wouldn't think so. One more minute before we get to Felix Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Waukee. Is this the last year of Waukee? It is. I mean, Waukee being one school. Right, yeah. Northwest will be opening mm-hmm. up next year, and a lot of changes up front. I bet. And Scott Carlson, the longtime Waukee Warrior head football coach, I just saw on Twitter yesterday, He's retiring. He's retiring he's as 20 head coach. Okay, so he's still going to... He's going to coach. He's actually okay. making the move to Northwest, the new mm-hmm. school that is opening. But he's going to be an assistant coach there. Gotcha. And I'd always heard the rumblings that Northwest, who they were going to target, or one of the Waukee schools, depending on what happened with Carlson, was going to be Mitch Moore. Iowa Gonzaga was this year on CBS. Oh, duh. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Where are we, huh? No, you brought last it up. Big ten, I'm, I'm removing last big myself ten from this game. Way. How about that? Yeah. Last Big Ten game yeah. on CBS and NCAA tournament games. I'm sure I've been on CBS. Yeah. I know Turner's also got a part of it, but we'll say last Big Ten game. How about that? Put that caveat Let's in there. Let's start over. All right. Three, two, <laughs> one. Uh, no big deal. Uh, so, um, they don't have so they'll be hiring two new football coaches. Two Saturday. new football coaches, and I believe uh, Jim Dewey, the AD, is going to Northwest. Is he? I wonder if it's going to be a divide like we saw. Pretty much, I mean, not every coach, but a lot of the coaches moved to Centennial mm-hmm. when Ankeny split. Mm-hmm. If we're going to see the same thing, where Northwest is going to get the new school is going to get everybody going there and getting the new shiny object. It's not like Waukee's really struggling at their high school. No, it's, and look, it, it took the Hawks a while, but, yeah. but look where they are now. Yeah. I mean, there's this credit. They were in every, every state championship last year. I mean, Won it, it in basketball. It was amazing. It was amazing. Football, yeah. volleyball. Right, baseball. Baseball played for the title. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, the Ankeny Hawk program certainly arrived this past year. All right, let's line up Phoenix, Felix Wright. I'm anxious to uh, to speak with him. Uh, the uniforms are, and again, he, he does work with Cleveland. He's back here every year uh, for the Drake Relays, at least most years, so he remembers uh, his uh, his college and, and comes back uh, as often as he can. In fact, he, uh, uh, he sent me a text and said he's got a lot of friends here and just wanted to um, confirm where the where, what uh, frequency we're on because he wanted to let his folks uh, here in Des Moines, uh, his friends listen to it. So anxious to talk to him about that and what the what this uh, Browns run uh, has meant for the city, etc. With Felix, I got to ask him about the drive. Maybe maybe I'll maybe the drive and we'll leave the fumble, but one of them I have to bring up. But you just have to, right? That was such an incredible, incredible moment. Let's get to him. He's a former Viking. He's a former Brown. I first remember him as a member of the Hamilton Tiger. Cats in the CFL. Felix, my partner's name is Trent Condon. My name is Ken Miller. Thank you for doing this for us, Felix. How are you? I am doing all right, hanging on in there. Good stuff. Hanging out in Cleveland. You can't beat it. It's better than Hamilton, right? <laughs> well, well I, hey, you know what? I loved Hamilton when I was there. I thought it was a pretty awesome place. Yeah, look, at I'm a Canadian. I grew up in Winnipeg, so I remember the beginning of your career uh, very well. In fact, you had a good Grey Cup game when the Bombers and you guys uh, played uh, in sometime in the mid-'80s, and then obviously you come down here in a great career with Cleveland. I have to ask you this selfishly, Felix, before we get into the Browns uh, and the Chiefs and what the Browns run this year has made uh, has meant to that city. I'm also a Broncos fan. So you know where I want to go with you. I want to go back to those back-to-back years. If 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 there was one that hurt worse, did, did the driver the fumble? Did one of them was one of them a bigger kick in the you know what's or were they both kind of equal? I would say they probably pretty equal. Other than uh, well, you know what in the in the uh, in the fumble game we were playing from behind the whole game, and that you know in the fumble we would have uh, tied the game up. But uh, in the drive, you know, we were up by seven yep. points with, uh, you know, two minutes left. So I would say if I had to choose, the drive would be a little tougher because we were up by seven with two minutes left, and we were at home. So anytime you lose at home, it's, it's, it's a little bit tougher. And a barefooted kicker, right? Uh, kicked the winning field, the game-winning field Carlos? goal. Carlos? Rich Carlos, yeah. Yeah, Rich Carlos, and and that field goal wasn't good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got that on the record. Got that on the record. Hey, let's go a little bit before that, Felix. How did you end up at Drake? Guy from Missouri, you're, uh, what, south of Kansas City, I believe, is where Carthage yeah. is. What yeah. led you to Drake at the time? We know now it's non-scholarship. Back then it was a, a scholarship program. But what brought you up yeah. to Des Moines after high school? 
Well, you know what? I, I, I actually thought I was actually going to go somewhere uh, to play baseball because uh, I was an all-state baseball player. And, uh, you know, I was an all-conference football player, and honorable mention, you know, all-state. Uh, so, you know, I, I, uh, I thought that I was probably pretty, pretty much going to go play baseball somewhere. But after my senior year, we had a couple of, uh, you know, got a couple of letters from a few teams, and Drake actually being the biggest uh, of all of them in a Division One school, uh, you know, just came after me, asked me to come in and visit. I went and visited a couple of times, and I said, yeah, this is great. I like it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was the biggest school at the time that was recruiting me. I was getting a lot of baseball letters as well. But uh got a little pressure from Mom and Dad, you know, because uh, it seemed as though I always uh, got hurt playing baseball for whatever reason. Never got hurt playing football, but baseball, I, I broke a wrist, got stitches, the whole works, and sliding into, you know, home plate and and things like that. So when that opportunity came, uh, mom and dad said, we probably should take this and not wait on baseball and, uh, you know, take the guaranteed thing. And uh, that's that's kind of what happened. And then plus there was a couple other guys that I knew that was going to Drake at the time. Uh, you know, actually John uh, John Hoffman is actually from, from down in my area, Webb City, Missouri. He was there. Uh, and, a, and, a, and I had a a, uh, uh, a cousin, uh, Tony Thompson, that went to school at Joppa Memorial, they actually decided to go over there too. So it kind of made my decision a little easier because I knew I knew people that were already there and some people that were going to be the same year as I there. So and uh, it ended up working out well. Uh, I want to get. Uh, we'll save the game for a, uh, for for a second. I do want to look back uh, to the uh, to the Steelers game. Such a big win over a, a team that uh, the Brown has really had struggled to beat in Pittsburgh. But you're now uh, the uniforms are uh, when uh, when there is a game at Cleveland. You also work the the Hall of Fame game. How did that gig uh, that you're now doing come about? And and um, I mean, what what do you do? You have to actually physically look at every single player that's going to dress for that football game. Is that how that works, Felix? Yes, yes. I'm an NFL inspector, and I just finished up my 20th year doing it. Wow. Uh, you know, it came about because, you know, when I retired, I went into the banking business for, for a couple of years, worked for Royal Bank of Canada, then I kind of went out on my own and started up my own financial consulting company where I work with athletes on putting their game plan together, uh, just making sure that they, you know, could still live the same lifestyle as they lived when they were, were playing. So, uh you know, and then out of, out of the blue, I got a call from an NFL official at the time and said, hey, you've been highly recommended by the Browns, and uh, we would like you to become the, you know, the, uh, you know, an NFL inspector. And I just said, well, I really can't. I got a consulting company. You know, I'm, uh, you know, working with ball players, and every weekend I'm usually out watching one of the guys that I, that I work for uh, to play. And uh, so he said, okay. And, and then the next week he called me back, and he says, hey, you know what, um, you know, they really want you to do it. And I'm like, well, who are they? <laughs> and he had, and he just said, well, we got people here in, in the league uh, office, and we also got some people in the Browns organization that really would like for you to do it. And I said, you know what, I don't, I don't think I can pull it off because every weekend i got to go somewhere and watch my guys play. They really enjoy me coming to watch them, and I don't want to lose any clients either. And uh, I said, well, give me, give, me, give me time to think about it. And they called me back a couple of days later. And they just said, well, just try it for one year, Felix. And I'm like, all right. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll try it for one year. I'll reschedule some of my visits to my guys, and, and we'll, you know, we'll get it figured out. And uh, 20 years later, I'm still doing it. So they, they got me in the door, and they wouldn't let me go. And it's worked out real well because I've, uh, 
you know, I've I've gotten an opportunity to you know work all the Browns games. I've I've uh, been to the Pro Bowl a couple times in Hawaii. I went to London, mm. all on the league. So it's been awesome. Felix Wright, former Drake Bulldog, Cleveland Brown, Minnesota Viking, uh, is our guest. Well, let's go back to last weekend, uh, if, Felix. Just just getting over that Pittsburgh Steeler hurdle that had been so difficult uh, for the Browns, especially when the games were in Pittsburgh. Um, what did that mean to that team, and how do they not let that you know that one win we got that one to, um, kind of be mission accomplished? So much more to play for, but uh, that game last week. Um, Talk uh, talk about this finally beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game that game was amazing. You know, uh, I, you know a lot of a lot of people, a lot of the sportscasters out there didn't give us a, a chance, and uh, which was cool and, and understandable because we, you know we had just barely beat their backup players the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? I just for whatever reason I just knew that you know obviously we we got it we got a, we got a good coach. And uh, and that our guys were playing pretty well, not too bad. I mean, we had lost against the Jets, you know, the week before, which was which was a little strange, but it was because of the COVID. And uh, I just knew that when we, you know, that we that we had a, an opportunity. I knew that Baker was playing well. We had a great running game. We got some good receivers. Our defense is a little suspect, but I just knew that if we stayed in the game, that we were going to be okay. And I also understood that. You know, the Steelers had lost, I think, four of their last five games, so they weren't playing all that well either. So uh, and it was going to come down to the turnover game, and and uh, that's exactly what happened. We went in there, stayed focused, uh, you know, without our head coach, without our offensive lineman, without our, you know, our, our two cornerbacks, and still was able to pull it off. And it actually, when you look at it, it comes back to the turnover ratio is that, uh, you know, the Steelers had four uh, turnovers and, and the Browns had none. So, uh, that was the reason, the main reason I think we, we won. And, and that's, I think, exactly what's going to happen this weekend as well is that if we, if we can go in there and not turn the ball over and, uh, you know, run some of the clock and, 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 and our run game is on, I think we've got a really good shot. It's not going to be, it's not going to be very easy. I mean, they got an outstanding team. But if you if you if you know them from last year, they were a little more dominant. This year, they're not as dominant, and they're a slow starter. So if the Browns can jump out like they did against the Steelers, twenty-eight to nothing, it's going to be tough. Felix, what was it like in Cleveland getting that victory? And obviously, people there normally, I'm sure a lot of Browns fans would have made their way to the Pittsburgh and been able to be there. But inside the city and this environment that we're going through, the kind of buzz in the first playoff victory in a quarter century. Oh, people are over the moon here. Uh, it's it's crazy. Back in the eighties, I mean, the whole city used to be painted orange and brown. It's a little more tame now, but uh, uh, the people are so happy, and it, and it really makes a difference here in Cleveland because it's a, it's a super duper uh, football city. And uh, you know, as, as I as I heard on the radio earlier this week, is like seventy eight percent of the Cleveland area. We're watching the game, hmm. and it was actually had a higher rating that that uh, when the Cavs won in Game Seven against the Golden State Warriors, and that when the Indians were in the World Series, we had a higher rating there. So, it, you know, over the moon, and people were so excited. Uh, you know, you know, going through the the crazy years we've had with you know the 0 and 16 and the 1 and 15 teams, and now to be in this situation. We don't have a whole lot to complain about. <laughs> no, indeed. Uh, Felix Wright is our guest. So, Felix, uh, playing defensive back as you did, how would you try to limit Tyreek Hill? 
Well, I think I think with Tyreek Hill, he's, a, Special. he's an amazing yeah. wide receiver. He's got super speed. Uh, but, you know, I think I think the, the correct way to do it is that, uh, you know, I was fortunate where I got to play with a couple corners that were shutdown corners. Very good. And they and they knew and had great technique. Uh, you know, nowadays the rules have kind of changed for the defensive backs. You can only contact the receiver in the first five yards. And I think that's what we have to do uh, is that we have to get up in the receiver's face and, and distract them a little bit. I think, well, not a little bit. we got to distract them a whole <laughs> bunch. And uh, I think that's going to be the key uh, to, to stopping Kansas City. Obviously, you know, they got two, two great players and, you know, and wide receivers with Kelsey and, and Cheetah. They got to get their hands on them, distract them, because uh, you know football is a game of timing, and uh, if they can disrupt the timing, I think it's going to help and work in the Browns' favor when it comes to that side of the ball. Uh, now, on our, our, you know, so our, you know, our, we got two of our uh, three best. Uh, I mean, three. We got two of our best cornerbacks back mm-hmm. this this uh, this game, and I hope that makes a difference. You know, with Denzel Ward and. And uh, Kevin Johnson, because uh, we would definitely need them. We, we've uh, the last couple of weeks we've had our second and third string corners, um, you know, st- starting the game, and uh, and we still survived. So, you know, it, it wasn't pretty, but we got the job done, and that's I think that's the way it's going to be uh, this week. You know, I don't think it's going to be pretty, but if we can get the job done, it doesn't matter. It's whoever's the Got the most points at the end of the game. Indeed, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Chubbs are, but they're both really good players. Last thing for you, Felix. You mentioned you mentioned Kelsey. Um, it, it seems to me that that the tight end position is really one position that's changed uh, over the last from your playing time to where we're at now. Such athletic tight ends, a lot of them former basketball players like a Tony Gonzalez, a Justin Thomas, those type of guys. Is that one of the bigger changes offensively? Just the just the um, evolution of the tight end position. Absolutely, absolutely. Much more athletic than when I played. The tight ends when I played were. You know, six five, six six, about two fifty, two sixty. You know, they probably ran four seven, four eight forty. Right. So they weren't real super fast and used mainly for blocking. Uh, and uh, you know, so you know, you know, you got Kelsey who's just as tall, but not as probably not quite as heavy, and got good speed. You know, maybe four five, four six. The, he can he can outrun a lot of the uh, linebackers, and and usually the linebackers and the and the strong safety are usually the guys that kind of handle the tight end position when they go out for passes. And uh, he's got a hell of an advantage. And obviously, it's it's it's, it's obvious that you know he's been a Pro Bowler for almost every year that he's played, and he gets a lot of balls thrown to him. So, I mean, those are two guys that we we definitely. I mean, we're, we're going to have to do our best to try and shut down and. If they if they uh, if they do, that'd be great. If they don't, then we we understand. Felix, I uh, really enjoyed having you on here today. We appreciate it. I know you come back uh, for the Drake relays when you can. Maybe yeah. we'll we'll see you this. Uh, well, fingers crossed, they're going to happen this year in two thousand uh, and twenty one. Appreciate you coming on. Good luck to your Browns, Felix. Right. Uh, thanks for doing I this. I appreciate it. Okay, you guys take care. Yeah. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Felix Wright, uh, former Drake Bulldog is, uh, and, and Cleveland Brown. He had a hell of a career, Trent. He's intercepted. I looked. That cheated. 29, 29 balls. It's a pretty good career. Played, his, played 10 years or so in the league. Led the league in interceptions one of those seasons. Yeah, had that? nine in a single season. Yeah, he uh, just crazy. Never had the Drake connection mm. in my mind. And here we are. And how about that? Having that as a gig. Can go to all the games. Yeah, right. Make Go to sure. the Pro Bowl. Yeah.
Uh, works the Hall of Fame game. Just make sure everybody's uniform is uh, uh, what it's supposed to be with the league mandated. Interesting. Let's do this, Trent. Before we move on, we will. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Dave Sinekin on the Packers and the Rams. I guess they're not getting this uh, system that went through. It's supposed to be in the 40s. Oh, really? At least that was yesterday afternoon, last time I checked. Things can tr- quickly change, though. Indeed. Hopefully they're not changing in Buffalo, because when I checked there, it was supposed to be snow showers for uh, for Saturday night. Time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword cash to 200. 200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000 cash to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. Packers and Rams coming up next. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs in 20 minutes. Miller and Condon on 1460. KXNO and 107.net. Condon, just past 10.30 on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. I just uh, checked the Green Bay weather again. Snow showers tomorrow morning. All right. Upper 20s at game time. Dave Sinekin, his blog is theheadcheese.com. He's been talking Packers on the flagship of the Minnesota Vikings for 25 years. Uh, on KFAN, our sister station up in the Twin Cities, Dave is with us. Dave, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Dave Sinekin. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Good morning, guys. Uh, the weekend is close. That's a good thing. Indeed it is. Fear factor, before we get into the game itself, just fear factor on the fact that it's the Rams. Ten being you're, 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 you're scared, you know what, one, uh, this can be a walk in the park. Where are you on this Rams team? I want to go at 6.3. <laughs> okay. How's that? Yeah, good uh, enough. I, my you know, to be honest, guys, my biggest fear right now is kind of checking Twitter every half hour or so to see, make sure the COVID tests oh, all come negative yeah. in Green Bay. Once Jared Beldier came to town and practiced and mm-hmm. looked like either great offensive tackle insurance or maybe even the left tackle on Saturday, he tests positive the next day. And, and now, though there was no contact tracing and all the players were cleared, they still got to pass their test today and tomorrow. So until I see that tomorrow is clear, that's going to be my bigger fear than, than the opponent. Interesting take. I never thought of it that way, but uh, you're 100% right. I wasn't aware he got out of Indianapolis to, uh, before he took his COVID, so, I, I, so that's, that's news to me and certainly something to file away in the back of your mind. Also, it's coming up tomorrow, and it's the matchup everybody's talking about, and it's, a, uh, it's an A-plus receiver against an A-plus shutdown corner, and if we do get Ramsey following Adams all over the field, that's appointment TV, Dave, the best against the best, and uh, you've seen Ramsey shut down one um, one of the receiver of that quality seemingly week after week. That's worth as you put in your as you put at theheadcheese.com, worth the price of admission. Yeah, it should be fun to watch. I, I don't, I'm not totally certain that he will shadow Adams around the field. I I could see a scenario where you know Darius Williams, who had the pick six on that screen pass last week, you know he's a pretty good corner and he's more twitchy than Ramsey and. Adams really beats you with subtle moves, whether he's you know digging in or, or going out. He makes it really tough. And I wouldn't be shocked if they, they had some scenarios where Williams and a safety handle Adams and they let Ramsey kind of shut down anything else. So I don't know that we'll get it, but if we do, it, there's, there's nothing more that you can ask for. The most prolific, historically, the most prolific receiver ever this year, Adams with 18 touchdowns and I don't even know how many 100-yard games, but he did it in 13, 14 weeks. Uh, yeah, that's as good as it gets. And with Rodgers steering the ship, 
Uh, it's certainly, to me, the the best actual one-on-one matchup in these, these four games this weekend. I'm with you. What is different with Aaron Rodgers this year? At age 37, you normally don't see a guy go from 62% completion percentage to 70%. 26 touchdowns last year to 48 we know it wasn't about the weapons that changed because that was what we talked about all throughout the spring and summer is them not going out and get wide receivers. Is it just year two of the LaFleur system, or is there more to it? Well, I think that is the main thing. I think it's this system uh, plays into the hands of good quarterbacks, and it made Jared Goff look good. It made Matt Ryan an MVP. Mm-hmm. It's a system that once you trust it, and Rodgers clearly does in year two, um, he, You've never seen it work to this extent, this Shanahan, this Kyle Shanahan system. Um, what Rodgers is doing so differently than what he was doing the last three years is he's getting rid of the ball quickly. For those of us that have watched Packers games, you know, front to back for the last number of years, it was maddening how long Rodgers held the ball and how many throwaways he's had in the past few years. Look at his completion percent and how it dropped the last few years. Now he's getting rid of the ball quickly, making quick decisions, and he just has really flourished under this system and what's really different is the use of play action which we have not seen much from green bay in recent years green bay was historically good in play action this year and and actually the rams against play action are the 14th ranked defense they they're the number one defense when you're not using play action but when you're using play action effectively they're middle of the pack that's why i think aaron jones early is the key to this game if if he's getting chunks of yards and and Rodgers is able to use play action effectively, but I think Green Bay can take care of this defense. Uh, Dave Sinek in theheadcheese.com uh, is, is our guest. Dave, the, there's so much uh, to, to this football game, but I guess a lot of it is going to depend on, on the health of Aaron Donald and, they, and then Cooper Cup, who may be a little bit underrated. I mean, he, he's played such a huge, huge role. So the Rams walking wounded. McVay came out early in the week and said that uh, the Terminator, as he called him, Donald will be good to go. He was clearly in pain last week. What about those two instrumental pieces of that Rams, uh, Rams football team? Yeah, they're they're amazing. I mean, there's six first team all pros playing in this game, um, so you're you're seeing some great athletes, some great football players. Uh, yeah, Donald with the torn rib cartilage is not even listed on the injury report, so he'll be out there. And I guess all we'll watch is as the game goes along, if he starts to start feeling that and then his effectiveness goes down. But he's obviously a big problem for Green Bay because of the loss to David Bakhtiari, which has weakened the interior by taking Billy Turner out of that right guard spot and putting him in at left tackle. Now Lucas Patrick steps in at right guard. That's the weak link. They'll have Corey Lindsley, an all-pro, the center, next to him to help. But uh, Donald's going to make some plays. So Green Bay is going to have to uh, obviously always have help and I think move Rodgers out of the pocket a bit more than usual. I think some boots and just getting him on the move is going to protect an offensive line that you know, right now is a little weekend. And as I said, if, if if any other COVID things test positive with that offensive line, there could be big issues. So Donald obviously is issue number one. With Cooper Cup, you know, I think that that's the huger story. You know, he's got he's questionable with the knee injury, played through it. With Goff being limited with the broken thumb, and we saw how he struggled to throw the ball last week. Can't imagine he feels a whole lot better a week later. But he's going to rely on that slot receiver, the guy that he targets more than any other. He's not going to look to throw downfield to Robert Woods, especially with Jair Alexander lightly draping himself over him. Nobody mentions Jair uh, and what he can do for this Packers defense. Mm-hmm. It's all Jalen Ramsey, but if you don't hear Alexander's name tomorrow, you'll realize that Goff isn't even looking 
as who he's covering. Mm-hmm. So he's going to look Cup often. If Cup's able to go and is close to 100%, he's going to be a huge part of that offense. But he's, he's limited, and Goff can't look at him. Then I think it's the tight ends, uh, Cam Akers. He's going to have to find other weapons. So I'm, I'm monitoring how Cup looks as soon as I see this game start to see if he's anywhere near 100% because their offense is already limited. The Packers' defense is playing well. Uh, I like that matchup. I, I think Green Bay's – the difference between Green Bay's offense and L.A.'s offense is dramatically larger than the difference between the Rams' defense and the Packers' defense. And that's why I kind of like my squad tomorrow. The Lafleur and McVeigh connection. These guys were together in with the Rams. I, I heard a theory that anything that Lafleur is going to draw draw up, that he already knows. That's something that he was taught. I don't know if I'd go that far here, but that connection doesn't say. You know what? There's. It's not going to be about the schemes here. It's just going to be more about who's going to play the best game. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. It's about the actual execution. Mm-hmm. These guys go all the way back to days with the then Washington Redskins, mm-hmm. um, and and they call themselves brothers. I mean, when it's not football season, they're texting, they're talking every day. These guys are as tight as it gets. So it's going to be a special day for both of them. Um, you know, last year in the title game, Lafleur had to coach against a mentor in, in Shanahan, and that obviously went really badly. He's played against two other head coaches that he's worked under, like Mike Rabel this year. And he's won those games. So I know this means a lot to him to beat his buddy. Uh, but, yeah, no surprises. Uh, I think both teams know what each offense is going to do. It's just who executes better. And, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers executing versus Jared Goff executing. I just think Green Bay has to treat the Rams offense like the Titans offense. you got to stop Cam Akers, load the box, trust your corners to deal with the, the outside guys, and, and dare Goff to beat you deep because if they can slow Akers, like they slowed Henry two weeks ago in Montgomery last week, then then Green Bay's defense wins. Uh, who would you rather see come to Lambeau? You saw the Saints, you saw the Buccaneers beat the Saints, lost to the Bucks. Both games were on the road. Who would you prefer to be at Lambeau Field next weekend? Amazing choice, right? It's Sophie's choice. Mm-hmm. I um, <laughs> the, the fact that uh, Tom Brady beat this team and, and Green Bay beat Drew Brees I think factors into my choice here. Normally I would say I want the team that beat us. Uh, I want my shot at them again. But if you're asking me, do I want to face Tom Brady in a championship game at, you know, at age 43 with the clock ticking, uh, I know Drew Brees might be playing his last game as well. But I think Green Bay knows how to beat the Saints. I think in cold weather that offense uh, is something Green Bay's defense can contain. So give me Brees and the Saints if I have to pick. But obviously compared to the quarterback they're facing this week, uh, next week gets exponentially more difficult, no matter who wins. Indeed, and we uh, hope to preview that game with you a week from today. I believe your squad will win as well, Dave Sinekin. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks for doing this for us. We'll speak with you next week, okay? Sounds great. Have a good weekend, guys. You do the same. Thanks, bud. Uh, Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com is his blog for you Packer fans, theheadcheese.com. Obviously, we both are going to pick this game as part of our picks. I like I've liked the Packers all week. Have you? I've yeah. been back and forth. I think I've been on back and forth on two of the four games. You're picking all four? Yeah. I am too. But it's been two I feel great about, two a little more on the fence. Well, I think we're gonna I think we're on the a different size of a couple of them too. I know that for sure. Yeah. You know, you said last week about you when it came to the Sunday night game, the, the Steelers and the Browns. <laughs> just am I out thinking it? No, that's not out thinking, let's just take the Steelers. Yeah. Um, I'm, am I out thinking the Chiefs and the Browns? Possibly. 
I mean, it's freaking Patrick Mahomes. I, I think there's a lot of angles that just say, don't overthink it. Don't go crazy here. Yes, the Browns can run the football. But if they get behind, there's no coming back. I don't think there is either. The divisional round would happen to the Chiefs a year ago, coming out down 24 nothing. That's not going to happen again. And I think that's about the only way the Browns could win, jumping out to like a 24 nothing lead. Long drives. and, and I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure that's going to be enough. Keep, uh, you keep know the, the adage. The if you're going to take an underdog, you have to also believe they can win the game. I don't subscribe to that. Anybody that follows my picks knows that. But if you are somebody that does... Do you see a path for the Browns winning that game? Yeah, it's, it's really difficult. This is the NFL. It, it's Nick Chubb for a buck fifty. Mm-hmm. It's Green Hunt for a buck ten. <laughs> uh, it's a couple of turnovers. Baker plays clean. Mayfield doesn't. Yeah, doesn't throw any picks. Um, look, the Chiefs, and I agree with everybody this we've talked to this week. They have not been as dominant right. this year yep. as last. Speaking of Chiefs people that we talked to, we're going to talk to one next. Mitch Holtis is the voice of those Kansas City Chiefs. He will join Trent and I on the other side. Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. He's the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. A couple of quarterbacks that know each other very, very well. It's crazy to think that Baker Mayfield, as good as he was, in fact, he won the Heisman. I thought he couldn't stay at Texas Tech because he couldn't get any playing time because they got that other quarterback there. Uh, Mitch Holtis joins us. Mitch, that's one of the crazier aspects about this game, or whenever these two guys are going to play. Just the fact that uh, you know they're joined together by their Texas Tech uh, stopover. Obviously, Mahomes was longer, but uh, just amazing that those two QBs ended up in Lubbock. How are you, my friend? Very well, uh, sir. And the you know with all. Respect to the late great Alex Trebek, it, 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 there should be a a Jeopardy column like Texas Tech quarterbacks for yeah. two hundred. Right, right. It's yeah. like these quarterbacks transferred from Texas Tech, and it would take the rest of the show to uh, answer them. Look at all, look at the list of guys who started at Tech and transferred. But yeah, a lot of fans have wanted to make this game on Sunday. They want to make it go back to that Texas Tech-Oklahoma game, which is what, 66-59? Yeah. 66-59. I mean, this is an Iowa State basketball or direct Northern Iowa. It's a football game with 1,800 yards of total offense. We're not going to have that Sunday. But, yes, there's, there's much, much intrigue to this game. We know how good Andy Reid's teams have been throughout his time as a head coach coming off of a bye. This one feels different being the only team with a bye, certainly uh, last week in the AFC as the new move to the new format in the uh, playoffs. Uh, your thoughts just uh, coming off a bye, getting geared up again, and because of what happened in Week 17, almost like two bye weeks for a lot of these guys, getting ready for the Browns. Yeah, four observations here. Actually, three. One, the rest, and we kind of chronicled that two weeks ago. Physical, mental, emotional rest. Hard 14-2 and two climb. It's the NASCAR analogy of coming off the track in a four-tire four change in a pit stop and a full tank of fuel and go get on the track again. Hmm. That's one. Two was to watch everybody else in the AFC slug it out for a weekend. The AFC is rich. Yep. This is like getting the NCAA basketball bracket and all the good teams are loaded in one spot. Mm-hmm. The Colts are a seven seed. I think they would still be playing if they were in the NFC bracket. Now, third, and this is where it just came on Sunday night, was the fact that 
okay, Cleveland got way ahead of Pittsburgh, but here came the Steelers, right? You think most of the world was going, all right, they're going to overtake them. They always beat the Browns uh, when it matters, and it'll be 40 to 35. And then the Browns were able to push back. But in that pushback, it's invaluable, Trent, to see what they do. In floodwaters, we know, and I say I don't say this flippantly, but water goes back to its original place. You want to see a team in the playoffs, when they're pressed, when they're stressed, what do they do? What's their coverages? What's their calls? What do they fall back to when there's the most stress on them? And that was big for Pittsburgh to rally to see what Cleveland would do to answer that. Mm. And that is big for intelligence. Interesting. Uh, Mitch Holtis is our guest. Papa John's of Central Iowa sponsors. We'll talk about more about them coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, Mitch, what can you tell us, if anything, on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's availability and Sammy Watkins? What do you, what, uh, where, where are those two? Well, what time do you guys get off the air? Because it, it's premature at 5 of 11 to give you an answer. I think we're going to know in the next three, three and a half hours. Uh, at least we'll know more. Um, it was concerning to see Clyde not go yesterday after he went a little bit on Wednesday. Mm. And again, we're, we're hoping against hope or hoping hope that he could be able to go this week because of the severity of that injury against New Orleans. Uh, I don't know about Sammy. I mean, it's just, what do we got? Calf injuries, it's where we at. And it's honestly with me, if it's Sunday, whenever it would be 1230 and they go, he's up, he's going like, all right, let him go. But I'm not going to be surprised if he's not. That's a wishy-washy answer, but we really don't have anything definitive. We will know more. So Chiefs fans need to keep their ear to their phones, so to speak, or their eyes on their phones, you know, in the 132-230 range. A lot of talk about the return of Kareem Hunt coming back to Kansas City. I saw Nick Chubb said that felt like he knew this game was inevitable. It was going to happen mm. this season. And he'd been talking about it all throughout the season, getting a chance to go up against his former team. What's the perception? What's the thought process coming from the Kansas City angle? He was loved here. He is loved here. You've seen a lot of the quotes. Those aren't false. Mm-hmm. Deep down, that is a really good kid. He's a really talented football player. You know, I saw a lot of comparisons between him and a David Montgomery, let's say, of mm-hmm. Iowa State and the Bears. But he made mistakes. He's made a couple of them now. And the mistakes, and he admits him, I just hope he doesn't repeat them, um, because they were serious mistakes. And it's on video for all to see. And then he wasn't exactly honest with Coach. Coach will give you a lot of air. He will give you a lot of area. But don't do that. And so I think Kareem's statement of, hey, this is personal, wasn't about, I'm going to get vengeance on those guys. They cut me. That's the way it's being uh, portrayed, but it's really not that. I think it's to show those guys, hey, I'm back, and I'm trying to make something out of my career here, and I'm playing you guys. That's the way I interpret it, because I'm going to tell you, and I know the kid. Deep down, that is a really good kid. Glad he's turned it around, like you say. I hope he stays on that path. Stay there, buddy, and be careful who you hang with. Yeah, that's a good point. Just be, that's what I'm going to say about that. All right. Um, and a, lot, a lot of folks look at this Chiefs team. Ah, they're not beating anybody. They're not dominant as they were. I see it a little differently, Mitch. I mean, came into this year as the defending champs. Bullseye on your back. The schedule that they played on the road, all of those playoffs teams as we've discussed in the past, I, I'm not so sure that those folks that are that are taking that uh, opinion into Sunday's game are going to be proven right. This is a good football team, and, and like I say, everybody gets up for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Yeah, but I think this rest has helped, as we've alluded to, and really, I get the feeling this week this is this is Seabiscuit in the paddock. This is this is Mahomes is the horse in the paddock. 
like you see it just kind of jumping out of his skin. Yeah. Yep. Let her fly. And uh, this Cleveland team, I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them a kudos, man. They are a team that I think uh, has seized their opportunities, Ken and Trent. But they played nine teams this year with losing records. Their cross pollination scheduling was the NFC East. No teams with a winning record in that division. We know that they were the fourth place team. The Browns were in the AFC North. That meant they drew the Jets and Raiders, and then they cross-pollinated against the AFC South. That included the Jags and the uh, kind of you know, discombobulated Texans, and they played Cincinnati twice. So, now, I'm not going to disparage that, but if you're going if someone is going to criticize the Chiefs of, like, schedule, whoa, 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 let's compare it here. But Cleveland beat those teams, Ken. This is a growing team that's well-coached. Kevin Stavansky, you've got a lot of Viking fans in Des Moines, I know. Kevin Stefanski can coach, and he's got a good staff put together. This isn't something crazy that's happened. Cleveland's Cleveland's going to be a force here for the next several years. Uh, 30 seconds on next week opponent, potentially, and then we'll talk about Papa John's. I saw Baltimore. He saw Buffalo. Both of those games were on the road. Both of them wins. The Baltimore game week three, all the country just couldn't wait for that game. It was Monday night, dot, dot, dot. Who do you think, uh, of those two, who do you think will come to Arrowhead next week? And, um, and, and who do you think, that's, you know, what's the easier matchup if there is one? There is none. There is none. There is no easier matchup. So who who comes out of that game? Battle of Falkirk. They're going to limp into Arrowhead mm. with you know a, a sword coming. And, and I, it's hard to predict that game. It's all about the chunks. Who gets chunks? And I, I think the sneaky part of that game is Josh Allen running the ball. We all know Lamar Jackson yeah. can. But again, I told you when you get down to the playoffs, where do you get when you get you know the most pressure? And we saw it last week. Even Josh Allen can take off and run almost as good as Lamar Jackson can. Who gets chunk runs? And I would say chunk runs from quarterbacks win that game. Papa John, Central Iowa, they sponsor you, Mitch. What kind of specials have they got going on in January? Oh, my gosh, playoff time. Have you guys had the stuffed uh, crust pizza that they've got? I... I'm on their R&D staff. They flew a DeLorean in to get me? <laughs> yes, a DeLorean. They set back the time to 2002. I go, is this Dr. Tom coaching Drake? Or is this Adam Emmenecker? What is this? No, it's Larry Eustachian. No, take me back to the present. It's a $12 one-topping a uh, stuffed crust large pizza, just in time for the playoffs. Honestly, I'm going to tell you straight up, it is the best Papa John's pizza I have ever, ever had. Go to Papa John's at Iowa. You know what they do from a benevolent standpoint. Yep. They are so great in philanthropy, but 100% real mozzarella cheese in this stuffed crust. It is for real and perfect in time for the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. There are indeed nailed it on this one good stuff mitch we will talk to you we'll preview that afc championship with you we're that confident we'll do so next friday thank you mitch thank you to papa john's we appreciate it have fun this weekend thank you mitch thanks ken it's not the great cup but it's a big game indeed it is see you pal take care uh mitch holt is the voice of the kansas city chiefs love having him on it's, it's always get. great yeah it was a good get um he t- joins us every day during august for the during the training camp and and you know that at the time oh that's going to be a grind it's really not no it's there's the nfl always a, yeah it's the nfl uh, nfl in august we're ready for it we'll be yeah. Ready for it, I'm sure, again, coming up this August. And there'll be fans that uh, get to attend training camp this year. Quite the hour. You think we can top it? Yes, we've got Dave Sproul, Tom Cakert, and Claxons. That's a good thing. That is a good hour coming up. That next. sounds like some wings on a hot, on a cold night. You love their wings. I do. I'm a big fan. I love everything they got over there. Uh, we will come back with the 11 o'clock hour. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Tom Cakert on the Hawks. Our first two guests, Claxons. Again, if you played this last week, you're out this week. 
We'll tell you more about that. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.